This week, we are joined by David Hudima, who is currently employed as a distiller at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto, and he also works as a bartender at Project Giddlewater. Our conversation with David covers a myriad of topics, and several of the points we cover are working through the weeds when the bar gets crushed with orders, clients not wanting to make an effort to read menus, and we discuss how cocktailing is an art form. David is also a giant spirits nerd, and we talked to him about the time he spent six months in Scotland in 2018 visiting various distilleries and immersing himself fully into the local whiskey culture. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip. I'm your host. Dan is with me. He is the engineer superior. <laughs> Hungover engineer superior once again on a yeah, Monday. Yeah, it's shocking, eh? Yeah. Hope no one from work listens to the show. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, how are things going? Uh, going well. Uh, yeah, no real change. Just enjoying the well, final uh, days on, of summer. Come on, come on, come on. We need at least no changes. Let's talk about your glorious return to the service industry. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Now working for you. That's right. Yeah, I'd shift at the new bar, Babylon Sisters. Yeah, hey, what's I, that? I was just trying to get a cheap plug in. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So Dan has returned to the service industry like a. Fee- Phoenix rising from the ashes. That's right. Doing the part-time gig uh, every now and then. It's kind of fun. Gets me out of the house from, uh, I realize, sitting in my basement, crushing beers, watching pro wrestling on a Saturday night <laughs> from the 80s, watching the best of Paul Orndorff versus Hulk Hogan. wasn't really meeting a lot of women that way, so... <laughs> <laughs> I know, that is shocking. Yeah, that is shocking. One day, one day you'll yeah. find that woman like, that wants to single, share huh? that with you. Charity bachelor auction. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you six bucks to keep that guy. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so the Babylon Sisters has officially opened. This is, we're recording on September, what, 20th? 20th. It's election day, I should know. That's correct. Election day in uh, Canada. Um so, yeah, Babylon Sisters Open, Sugar Run. We had burlesque this weekend, first burlesque show since the last lockdown. That was really? nice to have back. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to uh, Top Shelf Burlesque and Sassy Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a killer show. And then, uh, yeah, what I, one thing I discovered is that if you're going to own two bars, you should build them a little closer together. <laughs> because that was fucking driving. I spent the whole, the last two weeks driving uptown, downtown, uptown, oh. downtown. But whatever. Uh, I, I'm just gonna get a metro pass so I can. Not bad idea. Get drunk while. I'm, <laughs> well, you, you take know. the train back and forth, which is kind of nice. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so how did it feel to be back? It was pretty good. I'll admit the first shift last weekend was a little tough, just from not used to being standing around on my feet all day long. Right. right? Yeah. Feeling in their back and your knees. All totally night. did. I was, I was just like, what the fuck? And I totally forgot how to carry a tray like an idiot. And yeah. then uh, then I finally clicked it. Oh no, you you remembered how to carry it like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, then it was good. Then the last shift was much better uh, on the weekend because I finally just kind of got back into the flow of things. Yeah, just nice, the, right? just the rhythm of it. Actually, that's it's, the big thing. I right? think it's, it, it becomes a lot more fun if you're just kind of dipping your toe in the water and you're not doing it full time anymore. Yeah. When you get full time job, it's a little bit more like. You know, your life depends on it. You take it a little more seriously. So Yeah, that's true. Not that I don't want you to take it seriously. <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry. I stole a lot from the till when I was there. So. <laughs> and all that Pappy oh. Van Winkle crushed it when you, when you were oh, there. Oh, great. So I should, I owe my wife an apology. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we have a great guest for you, as usual, this week. David Hadim is going to be joining us in just a minute. So we get guests from in many different ways. One of the ways that we get guests is when you DM us on at the industry podcast on Instagram. Um, you can also 
Email us at info at the industry podcast dot club. I'm That's really right. getting it now. Yep. This today's guest we got because I literally bellied up to his bar in Toronto a few weeks back and we got talking and now he's going to be on the show. So excited to get talking to him. The best way you can help uh, us on the show is if you like it is to subscribe, rate, and review. So we have a little little review, tiny little review. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking if somebody gives us a five star review. We could uh, read it on the show. Oh, that's cr- that's right. Yeah, there's a little incentive. Yeah. Get get your get your uh, opinion out there on the show, but only if it's a five star review. Yeah. And if it's a five star review that says "Kip's a fucking idiot" and shut his mouth, but it was still five stars, we'll, I'll read it. There's a lot of there's a lot of those. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um, um, here we go. Here's the top review. One year ago from Lumberjack 1980, oh, Kip nice. is an amazing host. Discusses many relevant topics about the service industry. I love the variety of guests. One of my favorites. Keep up the incredible work. Oh, I, and that, that hardly cost me anything. That's great. <laughs> Did you write that yourself? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other thing we should mention, as always, uh, great artwork from at Zach Hanna Design. Zach's our boy, and he you should reach out to him if you're looking for any design work. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, without further ado, we've rambled on long enough. Let's bring in our guest, David Hadima. How you doing, David? Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for uh, doing this. Very yeah, exciting. People show. don't usually uh, have want to hear me talk. That's usually okay. <laughs> <laughs> usually just putting up with me while I'm giving them a drink. So, well, in fairness, I I think you got me pretty drunk, but. <laughs> <laughs> this is Just how kidding. all of my Zoom meetings uh, get going. I got to tell you, I give someone a drink and uh, boom, they're like, yeah, we'll get this guy in front of a camera, not knowing that, uh, oh, God. And then I found it was all audio. And I was like, okay, cool. This, this explains a lot more why they want me here. <laughs> yeah, no, my wife and I were at your bar, uh, Giggle Water. Yeah, Project um, Giggle Water. Project uh, Giggle Water, yeah. And so we, we ended up talking to David throughout the night. He took great care of us, got us good and wasted and uh yeah so we we just had a great conversation it was like seemed like a perfect guy to have on the show so we're glad you're here and um let's just uh jump into it and talk about how you got into the service industry to begin with yeah absolutely i mean uh, i think i started uh, the same as a lot of people i was a uh i graduated from acting school and oh, no, i sure. wanted oh, really? yeah <laughs> right so i have a bachelor of fine arts in acting from the university of windsor shout out to I'm sure we have a mascot. I'm not quite sure what it is. Shout out to the Windsor crew, whoever. The, the, yeah, win, yeah. the, the Windsor Lancers. That's it, exactly. The Windsor Lancers. You can yeah. tell I went to so many sporting events. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, got, no, uh, we got pretty drunk in Windsor quite a few times. Yeah. I mean, many. why wouldn't you? Great place yeah. to get drunk in. Is it though? What else do you do as you look over at Detroit, right? No. Yeah. yeah. I, well, we used to come down to football trips in Detroit all the time. And yeah, we would sweet. stay in Windsor because it was cheaper. Plus, I dated a girl for like 18 years whose family was from Windsor. So I spent more time in Windsor than I cared to. Yeah, I've spent all my tourist dollars in Windsor over the course of two yeah. decades. Yeah. <laughs> One of the many right. bad decisions I've made in life. <laughs> But enough about us. Yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you, you, you went to acting school and then went to acting uh, school. I uh, came back to, uh, you know, my parents' house, as you, you do after university. We went uh, back to Mississauga and I figured, let's make some money. Let's have a side gig. Turns out, you know, you don't make a lot of money as an unemployed actor. Strangely <laughs> enough. Uh, you know. how that works. Yeah. All right. So uh, I got far, just got farther and farther involved in uh, working in uh, different cocktail bars. I was very lucky. I pretty much started off right away in cocktail bars as like a host. 
Uh, my first job job in cocktails was uh, at a place called the Cloak Bar underneath Marvin in Toronto, and uh, great, great place. I learned from a bartender named Stuart Knapman, who's uh, manager over at Bar Kukla now on Ossington. So great place to also have dinner. Uh, I'm going to plug every single person I know in this. So <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, and uh, you know, it's one of those independent places where you have the opportunity to learn a lot really quickly and also go up the ranks really quickly. So, you know, within the span of six months, you're going from uh, host to support server to lead server to, you know, support bartender to only bartender. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, uh, you know, eventually you're almost two years down the road and you're like, Oh, okay. We're, we're here now. We're doing great. And you learn a ton. And the more it turns out, uh, I like alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> crazy how that seems and the, the more i got into it i hate not knowing stuff so i just kept researching and researching and researching and researching you know trying to know as many cocktails i hate it when somebody asks me a question like oh can you make this drink and you're like if you don't know i hate that i'm like i just want to know all of them i want to know at least to be able to say i know what it is i know the ingredients and i'll go figure out you know what the actual measurements are later on we can do that as long as i know what they're talking about i love being able to do that and also answer questions like you know first time someone asked me what vermouth was and you're like an idiot like 20 year old kid being like uh i don't know (laughs) you know it's this thing don't worry about it just drink it it's fine yeah Uh, it goes in a martini yeah (laughs) exactly why are you asking so many questions man just drink it it's fine uh and you know eventually you get uh you meet awesome other people who are we're in the industry and they teach you a ton. I think this is one of the only industries left where, you know, you don't need an education for it. It's literally hard work and a thirst for knowledge. And that can take you so, so very far. And I've been lucky enough to work with some phenomenal, phenomenal bartenders. And every single one of them has made me better, um, taught me how, how to work in a better way. And then uh, bumped around a little bit. Pandemic happened, uh, which was cool. Decided to take this all to a new level. And I went to the Niagara College distilling program. Oh, cool. uh, and now I, uh, I also work on top of working at Project Gatewater. I also work at uh, Nickel Nine Distillery uh, out here in the Junction, which I'm super happy to support and be part of. And, uh, you know, I'm living my dream of uh, making alcohol, making it, not just serving it, which is a whole different beast. And, uh, you know, get right to the source of how I can get myself inebriated. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a long con at this point. <laughs> uh, you know, and then who knows where things will go from now. I mean, there's so, so much going on in the industry in Ontario, especially is changing so much um, where, you know, at Nickel Nine, we're, we run Uber Eats. We're giving away, we're selling bottles on Uber Eats, which is yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know if you guys have a bottle shop over at Sugar Run or anything like that or Cocktails we to do. Go. Like, uh, yeah, I should plug it. Well, sugarshop.ca, cocktails delivered right to your door. So check it out. Uh, my man, Matt Houston, has uh, set that up for us. He's the head bartender at Sugar Run and uh, he's uh, he's a partner in the bottle shop. So uh, you should check that out. And, but also, like, we found like, what, at both of my spots now, what one thing I've found is that it's such a great source of extra income, especially during these days where you're not as busy as we used to be. Like, I, I don't know. I'm sure you found this as well. Like, since the pandemic hit, it's impossible to know what night you're going to be busy and what night you're not going to be busy, which makes it very difficult to staff. It also makes it like your expectations are just so much lower on what a good night is anymore. So yeah. having having something that you can push out the door at the same time is like, okay, it's, you're leaving. 
take this with you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super nice. I mean, it, it has been weird, like, especially with the labor shortage going around. Like, it's so hard to know who do you want, especially if, you know, you're, you have a cocktail bar, you want bartenders who know what they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. who are professionals, um, who you don't have to, you know, teach them what a Negroni is. Right. You know, you know people who know what, what's going on. And uh, especially when you're unsure every night of what's going to happen, that gets really stressful. Like it's really stressful and really weird. And, you know, you understaff sometimes and it's, you know, it's great money wise, but uh, by the end of it, you know, like we said, back hurt and knee or knees are hurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it feels like your first shift. Um, I'm sure Kip, you felt the same way first shift back after uh, the lockdown. That was a, yeah. that was a shocker. Yeah. And it was like, especially um, because like I, well, I was back like literally on the floor again, working all the shifts and just cause that's what the situation we were in. And yeah, like I'm getting too old for that shit. So like <laughs> my body just couldn't take it anymore. And now it's, it's nice to be able to take a step back again, but there are things that I miss about it. Like, like, like when you're in the weeds and you're mixing cocktails, it's stressful, but there's like, but it's also fun. I have fun doing that. And I kind of miss that. And sometimes I look over to like the guy I'm bartending with or the woman I'm bartending with and just be like, this is fun, right? Like, cause you can see, how, you can see the fear in their eyes and a little stress. And I'm just like, this is fun. Like, what are we, we're, what are we doing? We're getting people drunk for a living. That's all right. Like, yeah. 100%. I think that's the thing that I, I was so happy to come back for the most was the camaraderie though. Like just talking mm. about your other staff members. We have such a great staff uh, and team at, at Project Gigawater and at Nickel Nine that, you know, we're, if you're in the weeds with them and you kind of look over them and yeah, you're like, you know, you got it. You got your, uh, your, uh, safety meetings as we like to call it, or we yeah. have our, you know, uh, shots to just keep going. And like, yeah. it, it's, that's what makes all of this special in my mind. That's what makes the bar industry special is the people you work with your regulars. You know, we're lucky enough to have a lot of industry folks who come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love them to death, even when they show up at one fifty and order, you know, <laughs> you know, three bijous, uh, three like drinks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right guys, for you, I will do this. You know, it's what makes, it's what makes this community and it's an international community special, mm-hmm. right. That we can all go to each other. And when you know, you know, you yeah. know, you know, yeah. you, said you know a lot there i feel weird about that i feel uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's no i just did it (laughs) it's there is that camaraderie that comes with it and we are like sugar run is we're lucky we're also a heavy industry we have a heavy industry clientele and like i think the like we're us in the industry and there's a reason we started doing this podcast in the first place is talking to a lot of like-minded people we We've been through the same experiences. There is sort of a bond you develop for the people who have taken this job as a career as opposed to, like, people who are just doing it to get through school or what have you, right? Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that's when you meet good people like that, you tend to want to hold on to them and find them again. Yeah. So I know at Project Gigawater, I've brought on, like, I've kind of recommended and, like, sought out, um, uh, recommended to the owner of Project Gigawater, uh, to be like, hey, here's this guy I used to work with. Bring him on. He's awesome. And thankfully, every recommendation I've put out has been a success. So I'm lucky enough to work on top of the the other staff that we have. I'm lucky enough to work with two other guys who I've known now for years. 
years on years and who I know are solid and they're fun to work with. And, you know, you have your laughs along the way and you make fun of each other, you know, especially when they have weird dating habits. That's always a fun, <laughs> fun thing to explore with them. Uh, like it, it makes it so special because you're like, this is a family in a lot of ways. Like we joke about that in a corporate setting, like, yeah, family, whatever. But like when you've been through the shit together, like when you're in the weeds, it, yeah, that's a bond. That's a bond that, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, you're all, you're all dying. You're all a little inebriated <laughs> and yeah. you're just getting through it, especially in these weird, weird times. Cannot stress that enough, but we've been super lucky. We've been generally pretty busy, which is great. Obviously now that the weather's starting to get colder in the, in the evenings, that's, that's provided. Now we're all starting to think of like, okay, what's, what's the next step? Right. What's happening next? I'm sure you guys feel the same way with heaters and stuff like that. Where are we going from this? How long um, are we going to get shut down? All that jazz. It, it provides a lot of question marks. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, we were talking about this uh, on the show last week with uh, Stacey Anderson. That I just feel like now that we have the vaccine mandate, it's like it, this is our way to not get shut down again. You know, now mm-hmm. I was talking to a guy I know in the industry today about possibly coming aboard to work with us. And he was presenting a concern. He's like, yeah, but what happens? Like, he's like, the place where I'm working right now, our owners are like, well, what if 90% of our regulars are unvaccinated? And I'm like, well, it sounds like you serve a bunch of assholes, but. Does he work at a strip club or something? Yeah, yeah, we have a pretty high vaccination rate in Kitchener-Waterloo, so. Nice. um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's but it, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? Like it's not it's not like the old days where you could you knew what you could expect, and it's uh, like for people for someone like me who's in the ownership side, it's stressful all the time. And for someone like you, like you don't know, you used to be able to probably like predict how much you were going to make on the over a weekend, right? One hundred percent. Give yeah, or take. 100%. And now that's fucking out the window. Yeah, now you never know. You're like, all right, am I going to be eating ramen this week, or are we going mm-hmm. out to the restaurant every other to a restaurant every other night? Like, yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I should stop going out for it. To, yeah, save your money, money, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying to support local here. Yeah, know? that's right. That's right. That's the attitude. Yeah, don't listen to me. Listen to David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out and spend local. your money. Yeah. If you're holding on to it, you've got a problem at this. Yeah. Point. No. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's weird, and like it used to be, I think. You know, a lot of people would be like, oh, you know, I don't have to worry about where I'm at. Like, there's always more employment. There's always new jobs, blah, blah, blah. Now everyone's sitting there being like, okay, what are we going to do? What's right. happening? Like, what's, where can I depend on come the winter? It will still be around. We'll still be going on. It provides a lot of question marks. I'm not surprised. So many people decided to up and change their careers. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. But when you're obsessed with spirits and you're obsessed with the, the hospitality industry, you don't really have that option you know especially because uh what else are you gonna do come on now yeah, yeah. <laughs> well let's talk a little bit about your obsession there you went to scotland you were so obsessed with distilling yeah and, i'm uh, i'm uh, lucky i'm lucky enough kind of talked about how i'm part ukrainian but i'm also part scottish um, my mom was actually born and raised there so i have some family there i kind of decided to yeah take my obsession to another level and i I moved out there and uh, I was planning to be there for two years, but I made the foolish, foolish mistake of telling my best friend that I was in love with her before I left. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it turns out that she felt the same way. So, you know, oh, well, that's I good. That's a, I, was, I thought that was going to go a completely different yeah, way. Though. No, no, no. It's a happy, happy story. We're engaged. We have a cat. Um, ah, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was a uh, the most terrifying thing I've ever done, uh, mm. engaged her, because, uh, you know, 
I'm a terrible person. She could have said no. I, didn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to blame her. But yeah, no, it worked out. We went to went to and lived in Scotland and uh, ended up renting a, a little flat, not even a flat, a room in a flat um, with these two really really lovely uh, folks who just their their daughters were off at school and they were like, yeah, you want to rent from us under the table. Um, that way you don't need to worry about, you know, having a bank account set up just yet, like all that jazz. And it worked out super well. And then I just, you know, got on a train and I was like, I'm going to the Isle of Skye. Let's go see what's up. Oh, and, wow. uh, you know, I bought new hiking boots that destroyed my feet. <laughs> uh, and I, <laughs> you know, I, I hitchhiked around the highlands and around Ooh. some of the islands and, so I'm like hobbling over to like Talisker Distillery with my thumb like up on the air. And I'm like, please, please help me. And how long ago <laughs> was this? So this was in 2018. So and like hitchhiking still a thing in Scotland, huh? It, it was a thing on the islands. Okay. Uh, that was a big thing. Like I was kind of like, I was a fool. I didn't do enough research. So I get to, um, I get off the train at the ferry to the Isle of the Sky. I like bump over there and I'm like, oh, I'll just take a bus. Like it'll be fine to get to my hostel. And a girl I was talking to there was just like, oh, there's no, there's no buses that are running right now on this little island. You need to rent a car or something. And I'm like, what? Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, but I, they, you know, the locals there were telling me, they're like, yeah, yeah, no, hitchhiking's fine. We understand like how this works and uh, we understand and like all the locals will, will take pity on you. So just stick up your thumb and go. And uh, I was really, really lucky. It rained, of course, the entire time I was there. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like no, I uh, stuck out my thumb and I got picked up pretty quickly by uh, a gentleman who owned a hostel. Um, oh, wow. And then he, yeah, right. And then he dropped me off halfway to where I was trying to go. And he was like, oh, like you might, might take a while for someone to pick you up. I don't know. And luckily enough, I stuck out my thumb and someone had parked right in front of me. And he was like, great, I'll take you. And he was this 80 year old man who was scouting out new hiking locations for him and his granddaughter. Oh, uh, wow. And I was like, I was like, wow, my grandfather's sitting at home drinking. So this is shocking. <laughs> I don't know what to, what to do with this. <laughs> but yeah, just bumped around there, tried to see as many distilleries as possible, take all that in, and uh, you know, just be able to talk about it and actually experience those places. Because I know, like, it's nice now to have a, a dram of Talisker or uh, Oshintosh and and just be like, this is like, I I feel like I'm back at that place. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm right back there. And I think for me, whiskey is huge in my life. It's uh, not to say I have a problem or anything like that. <laughs> uh, whiskey was huge in my life as well. I just have learned to not drink it as much as I used to. <laughs> it's, it's not a great plan. <laughs> I like It's okay for a dram, but like I, I've discovered that drinking, uh, getting drunk off whiskey is not going to be in my future. <laughs> It'll hurt you. It'll hurt yeah. you 100%. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, lo- I love whiskey so much and it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of my family who is still there. It reminds me of, you know, the being by the ocean because, you know, being in Ontario, mm-hmm. we don't get that experience as much. And especially now that we're not traveling nearly as much anymore. Like any time that I can feel like I'm by the ocean, I'm like, wow. So I pull out a bottle of, uh, like I got Ardbeg Wee Beastie here and I'll just pour it out and be like, oh yeah, there it is. That takes me back. I feel like I'm 10, 20 years older than I, than I am, but uh, you know, that's fine. If I have to sound like an old man, I'll, I'll go for it. You know? <laughs> so what was your favorite distillery that you visited? You know what? I, I think it was Oban. Um, oh Yeah. A, because it was the easiest to get to. Yeah, um, which, especially was, when your feet hurt. Yeah, exactly. I was like, just one train ride, you're in. And just like every, you know, I went there maybe three times in total and 
Uh, every time was a beautiful experience. They've got these giant you know, wooden washbacks, which is beautiful. The tour is very in depth. You know, they don't, they're not hiding anything from you. Um, the fact that I was like, how do you, where do you store everything? Cause there's no way you're doing it in this place. And they're like, Oh no, 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 we store, we store all our tasks somewhere else. And I was like, okay, that makes more sense. Like, you know, I know, uh, that they're, you know, part of the whole Diageo, um, uh, umbrella, um, which is, great for them. They get some money out of it. Um, and they do a, a very rigorous and very in-depth tour, uh, which was awesome. And then they give you a free glass at the end, which, which they don't, they don't all do that. Right. So. They don't know, which was, and I was very spoiled. Like the first two distilleries yeah. I went to gave you a glass and I was like, great, this is just what I expect. And then you get to a small independent one and you're like, Oh, no glassware? You're not going <laughs> to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. spoiled a little it's bit. It's a terrible thing to discover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, damn, my collection. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, one of the coolest experiences of my life being able to go uh, and actually just see, hey, where you know, my mom grew up and like being able to meet some of my family that I haven't seen in a decade. And then also just going to these places that you see on bottles and you talk about all the time. And then you know, actually be able to put a face to the name essentially. And, uh, just, I don't geek out a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, since then I've, I've gotten to know a bunch of other, uh, uh, reps and stuff like that who have become close friends. And it's nice that they shared my obsession with whiskey. Um, you know, guy, guys like Brian Simpson who reps Ardbeg, you know, or, uh, uh, Cam from McAllen is uh, also a close friend of mine. And all of those guys, they nerd out as well. And like, isn't that, the most exciting thing when like how, how few people in the world actually care as much about spirits and cocktails as we, as people in this industry. And like oh, the fact that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. You know, like I go to family events and they're like, David, shut up. We're going to have great news. Cool, cool, cool. No worries. No worries. I just brought this like $300 bottle of scotch, but I guess that can sit over and <laughs> on the side. That's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. So a quick question, but for touring these distilleries, do you have to set up an appointment in advance or can you just show up and do you have to pay for the tours? Yeah. Um, I mean, some of them, I just showed up. I was like, I had no idea I was going to be here today. I literally got on a train and I went, I was not well organized whatsoever. Yeah. It was, you know, it's like 23 and I was like, let's go. Let's see what happens. You know, my first trip to open, I just like went to the Glasgow like train station. Um, and I was just like, Hey, I recognize that name. I'm getting on, not knowing it was like a three hour journey. <laughs> and I was like, cool, 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 cool. I guess I got to find a place to stay tonight. All right. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like I tried to book it in advance as much as I could, especially if it was like, uh, you know, Talisker offered like three or four different versions of tours uh, where you could get like the super fancy one where you got, uh, you know, as much all the tastings and trying weird stuff, and, which is obviously what I did because I'm a sucker for uh, weird stuff that not sure. everyone has had. Yeah. When are you going to be back too, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so well, Try the weird shit, right? Like, cause exactly. that's the thing. You can get like, like. I always just feel like if I can get it at the LCBO, well, I'll just try it there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Honestly. I mean, the LCBO is such a, a, a time, such a place, such a time. Uh, and, you know, the more I'm getting involved in the distilling side of the world, especially now, I'm, I really have a love hate relationship with the yeah. LCBO. Because you, you can know, just say, you can just say, hey, that's okay. I, 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 I would love, I'm going to say love hate just so uh, anybody who employs me doesn't feel like I'm uh, saying yeah. anything too much. Fair no, no, enough. no. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's an unfortunate racket, essentially, at this yeah, point. Well, but, uh, you know, we so have to deal with them. So Especially you realize how like, Uber Eats gives a better deal to distilleries than 
of the LCBO d- does as far right. as like purchasing power. Yeah, and that's, I know. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like how, is, how is that possibly a thing? Like I, I know. I'm like, we're the only place in the world where, as you know, like we, there's no wholesale pricing. Which is nope. absurd. Yep. You can't go, you know, you as a bar owner can't just walk into a distillery and say, I'm going to buy these bottles for the bar. You have to go to the LCB. Oh, I mean, that's right. I can't. And I'm putting yeah, yeah, that yeah. very, it's for those who can't see, which is all of you, I'm putting that in air quotes. Don't worry. I'll, I'll make some calls right after this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's been years, but I've been undercover and I catch yes. you. I'm calling Doug Ford directly. <laughs> How dare you do something that isn't buck of beer? How dare you? <laughs> buck of beer. That was the other thing. Like, oh, yeah. oh, we don't, let's not even go down that path. No, uh, no, it's too, too political. It's election day already. Yes, that's uh, right. Happy Um, So uh, we're actually having Brian Simpson on the show in a few weeks. Uh, So I absolutely cannot say enough good things about that man. He is a uh, the most attractive, you know, person I've ever met in my life. Fact, just in general. Um, what a cool, what a just mm, smoke show. He's going <laughs> to hear this and he's going to find me later on. Uh, uh, mostly, mostly to slap me, but that's fine. Also, he's one of the most knowledgeable du- dudes ever. And he's got, you know, he's got the dream job. He gets to talk about Glenn Morangy and Ardbeg. Well, I think that right? he might, we might have just asked him, except for the fact, because like, I don't like anyone who's better looking or smarter than me <laughs> on the show ever. So <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say here? And, and no offense to you, David. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I think it's uh, very intuitive that you could pick that up just at the, from the bar. Like, wow, oh, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm totally kidding, obviously. But like he, I think that he's booked no matter what, because he's a wrestling fan. Oh, that's yeah. the yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was like the weirdest thing about him. I was like, really? Mm. You're like, you're from Scotland, but you're a big wrestling fan of all things. Like, oh, yeah. He's excited. That, like, if you don't like wrestling, don't even listen to that show. Ugh. I'm warning you in advance, industry podcast fans. Who <laughs> <laughs> no, just like to watch two guys in their underwear laying on top of one another? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a Coles notes of like the current things going on in wrestling just so I can like watch it, like listen to the podcast and be too super up to date. I, like, honestly, I don't, we, we barely know anything about the new stuff that's going on. Yeah. In wrestling. I think exactly. Brian does though, from like no, my email. Up. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps up. He's we, all we, about it. We'll only watch it to complain about how it's not like the old days. <laughs> Back when pro wrestling was real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know all these guys now. They're not nearly as scantily clad as they used to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this fucking, this podcast has gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to, to try and rein it back in. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want to talk about men in their underwear flying through the air? <laughs> I guarantee you 90% of our audience has already turned this one off. Well, anyone who just clued in, they're like, well, this is either wrestling or Cirque du Soleil. I don't know yeah. which one. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's, try and get, let's try and refocus here. Okay, so what, what you grew up, obviously, in the industry in cocktail bars, which is, how do you think that that was an advantage over like someone who maybe started at Kelsey's or a Montana's or something like that. I, I think the big thing is because I also started like independent places, it's the ability to calibrate your palate. Mm. Like I know, especially going into, um, you know, to school for distilling, that was the big thing that gave me a bit of like a, a head start that I right. walk in and I was like, I, you know, I started off in the industry and like a lot of people, I like had a preference for sweetness. And so I would put out drinks and I, as a new bartender, I'm sure you guys have had this experience as well. 
you like, I want to create an original cocktail or, you know, kind of ignoring that there's a plethora of classics and modern classics out there. And you put something else out with too many ingredients and far too in one direction uh, as far as flavor goes. And I put out drinks into my coworkers and be like, there's no bitterness to it. It's too sweet. So just being able to uh, readjust and have the opportunity to readjust and then also having a mentor who was uh, more than happy to feed me classic cocktails after my shift was over was such a learning curve, right? Like I never had a penicillin until my first cocktail job. And it, it was just, you know, I would sit down at the end of my hosting shift and the bartender would go look up to me and he'd go, okay, this is what we're trying today. And so suddenly I, in the span of 15 minutes, I've had the last word of paper playing in the penicillin and you're like, feeling great. You feel good. It's a good time. And you, you know, you don't realize you're getting an education, right? Versus, mm-hmm. you know, no hate to anyone who started off um, in a chain or in a, a place that is prom- predominantly beer or anything like that. It's, uh, but there's just more opportunity versus I feel like those big chains have a lot more strictness to it. Mm-hmm. And they're a lot tighter with their, their alcohol distribution to staff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I never drank when I worked at Kelsey's like 20 years ago. Yeah. That, that's bullshit. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah, I was supposed to learn. No, in fairness, though, that is the way to learn. Like, if you if you're not developing your palate and trying different things, how are you? And like, it's easier for me to say because I do run independent spots. But like, I get why these corporate spots can't really let that loose because. But it is something that you miss out on. Like, and and you might you you learn the basics of the job, and you can learn how to organize your time really well. We have had lots of people on the show who felt that they like really developed as servers working in places like that, how to organize their time, how to like work quickly, how to deal with customers, et cetera, steps of service, all that stuff. But you're not learning shit about the product. No, you're not. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, you, you brought up a great point. Like you learn to hustle, you learn to move with urgency, steps of service, and it's a trial by fire. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know my first, I, I don't think I've ever worked at a place that wasn't understaffed constantly. You know, that's just, how it seems to go like right. it's not a bad thing understaffed is the new staff because you know we all want money so yes. if you have the one extra body you're like uh, okay we're a pooled system here like what are we gonna mm-hmm. how are we gonna gonna operate but you know you learn how to move especially making drinks in a quick manner mm-hmm. um i remember uh, at, at one place i was working that shall not be named all the bartenders uh, were fired or quit um within a week and a half span um, so I did a Saturday night as the only employee. Uh, and it was like my only, my like, I don't know, first fifth shift behind the bar, like on the lead well. And, um, you know, the GM came down and he's like, I'll help you tonight. I will I'll help you. And we'll just do like, come up to bar service. And I got completely destroyed. And like a friend, you know, a coworker from the restaurant, you know, upstairs, like came down and he was like, I'll help you out. Like, it'll be fine. Like, we'll, we'll do this. And at one point I know I think I had like eight shits in front of me. And it's my first time, it was my first time kind of dealing with that level of just like swamped. And my, my buddy, he, he turned to me and he went, just work through it. Just put your head down, make it. And we will get through it. And that I remember, I think about that a lot. You know, anytime I have five plus chits, I'm like, just, if you just go through it, you're going to, you are going to succeed out there. Yeah. There's an end to it. Right. Like exactly. There's always going to be a last chit and and you can get to that other side of it. The other thing I like to tell people is like, 
it's fine. If you can only work as fast as you can fucking work. Yeah. So if somebody has to wait, if fucking an extra three minutes, yeah, for yeah, for a goddamn cocktail, then they can get over yeah. it. And if, and if you get a snipe, uh, a snarky review on fucking Reddit because of that three minutes, that person had to <laughs> wait. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, anyway. You're sitting there being like, why are you coming to a cocktail bar on a Friday night if you want, you know, if you want your drink in front of you immediately? Yeah. Because, you know, there's enough places that just do, you know, have beer on tap, you know, yeah. sell cans, have wine service that it's an instant, right? That's right. You no, know, that, that's supposed to be the beauty of, of cocktail bartending is that, uh, and I think, you know, Project Gigglewater's done a really good job of doing this in the bar design itself where the, the bar is front and center. It's the main stage. So no matter where you are in the bar, you can see the bartenders working because that's yeah. supposed to be the show, right? We yeah. are, we are in a weird way, Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, we're, we're, yeah. we're going and, you know, a bunch of awesome bars in the city do that really well. You know, civil does that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Mother cocktail bar has their, does that really well. Um, like, a, you know, the list goes on and on because why else are you coming to a cocktail, like a craft cocktail bar, if not to be a part, be an audience to the show. And right. to have really, whether that's, you know, you taking pictures of the drinks on your Instagram, mm-hmm. just enjoying them or like watching the bartenders go, like that's kind of the point, right? Like we're taking drinking to a different level, like, or to, we're making it more pretentious for sure. Uh, but we're, we're making it, I don't want to say art form because now my acting is coming out and I, uh, no, it's, I, yeah. I agree with that. Like, look, making cocktails is an art. And, um, and if people don't understand that when they're coming to the bar, it's a form of art, creating a bar, creating an atmosphere, um, making, creating a cocktail list, making cocktails, great fucking service is all of it. it all of it is an art. And, uh, and that, that's, that's another reason why we kind of talked about starting this podcast in the first place is like giving some credit to the people who, create that art and, and we hope that some people who aren't in the industry listen to this so they can understand you know yeah well like because how many people actually get a how often do we actually get a talk about service and the yeah. things we go through to people that aren't <laughs> just other bartenders and other servers right mm-hmm. like we all know we, yeah. we all know what we're going through but you know i'll talk to some of my family and my you know uh, my mom didn't kind of understand what I was doing for years because she never, she hadn't come and seen what I did. And then she saw me on a busy night one time, came down without telling me, and she was like, "Oh, okay, this isn't just this isn't just what her you know suburb uh, idea of bartending is, right? This isn't right. you know no hate to Jack Astors, but this isn't Jack Astors. Yeah, you know, she's like, okay, you're doing something really really cool. Well, even same with um even same with my fiance back when we first started." started dating the first time she actually saw me like properly bartending she was like oh oh i didn't actually understand what you were doing she thought and you were cracking open bottles of bud light <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah sometimes yeah. i wish that's what i was doing huh? yeah, sometimes <laughs> it would feel so good huh? yeah. oh man you get an order for a bud light coming you're like oh yeah i know i can i can get this shit time down let's do it <laughs> So yeah, a quick question about Project uh, Giggle Water. How did yeah. that do? You, how did that name come about? So again, I'm going to speak for the owner. Um, you know, check him out on uh, Instagram at Alfred Sue. He's a phenomenal business owner. But uh, it, it, from what I understand, it started as Giggle Water was the name uh, during Prohibition for alcohol. Oh. Uh, kind of like code word, not a good code word, not a subtle code word, but a code <laughs> yeah, yeah. Word. Um, and so we kind of just took that um, and ran with it. And uh, 
slap project on it because you know it's a project yeah. as any bar is right um and we've yeah we've been super lucky i joined the team uh almost two years ago now just before the pandemic um you know <laughs> so it's been a very weird time but uh yeah no it's been awesome to kind of see this place when i when i started there we were kind of people were starting we were starting to get our name out people were starting to pick up on us and now um Weirdly enough, because of cocktail kits and because of our longevity, and because we're still open, um, we've become more and more popular, which is phenomenal. I like to think that some people come in to see me, but you know, <laughs> probably well, not. <laughs> well, I mean, I will for now on. Like I said, I, we, my wife and I had a great time that night hanging out with you and talking with. We were talking some whiskey. We were you were making some great cocktails for us. Uh, and, that, was, yeah. that was a lot of fun. I'm super glad you guys came and you did because like. I think it was like an hour and a half after you guys left, we got absolutely slammed. And, uh, oh, yeah. and I was like, my God, suddenly you're doing some heads down bartending, which is never ideal, but, uh, yeah, let's done. talk a little bit about that actually. Like, so, because your bar is very similar to sugar run in the fact that like in the, when things are good, um, and we never know we were talking like pre-recording how we never know when that's going to be anymore, but like that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like when, when things are good and busy, like part of the experience of going to a cocktail bar where you're where you're going to spend some money on the drinks and like part of the experience like you said is the bar front and center the bartender is the show a little bit and and then also conversing with the bartender and they explain to you what they're doing with the drinks what they're putting into it how do you feel when it becomes like nightclub style and like because in the original cocktail bars it was never like that right like no. it was very slow and 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 it happened at sugar run too where it's like we turned into a nightclub where the bartenders was like pumping out you know cocktails like crazy and head down no time to talk to the guests like yeah i mean it's it's an unfortunate juxtaposition some people are, are phenomenal at it who can mm -hmm. you know be absolutely slammed and still manage to have conversation and have engaging conversation with the folks in front of them i i wish it was i was uh, at that point for me i if i'm, if I'm trying to have like a, a really deep conversation with you and i'm getting slammed suddenly i you know I, I go to grab an ingredient and i'm like oh damn i don't know what tin I'm supposed to put this in it anymore, you know, mm. so I have to restart making all the drinks. So it's always uh. better for me that way. Um, I mean, it's, it's never, it's a weird thing, right? We want to make money. Yeah. Um, we, so you want to be slammed in that sense, but you know, I really you know, gravitated towards bartending and not just for the alcohol, but also because you got to interact with people. You got to talk to mm. meet new people. You know, if, if you had come and we had been slammed, I never would have got to have a conversation with you and, right. and find out that, you know, you were industry and that you had a podcast and all that jazz. Like, so I feel bad for every person that I haven't been able to make that connection with. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, you have that, I don't know if you have, you guys have this as well, but like you have that internal timer in your head. Yes. And like it starts going off if things start slowing down. And, you know, at the end of the day on Friday, Saturday night, night, not everyone is looking at the bartender and they don't right. really care. Right. So it's, it's unfortunate. It's not ideal, but it is uh, it's a necessary evil, right? Mm -hmm. In this industry, well, we want to be busy. It's a sign of doing a good business. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're popular. People want to be around with you. And I think um, if you if you staffed well and you trained your people well, then regardless, you're going to have uh, you're going to be able to have a good time, and you're going to have someone who's able to engage with your guests. Mm -hmm. And everyone's still, even if they're slammed, going to be able to, you know, greet people correctly. 
um, you know, and also say goodbye to people as they leave. You know, to, you have to ingrain it into people. That's one of the challenges of, of uh, you know, having uh, a, a new team, which I'm sure you guys have had that experience at, at Sugar Run and like, uh, you know, where you're, you, you bring on people because you need bodies and you want to make sure they're up to, up to uh, the standards of, of your business and what people mm-hmm. are going to remember because at the end of the day, guests don't care that you're new. That someone there is, is is a new. They care if they get their drinks. They care that people said hi to them when they came in. They care that people asked, "How are you?" Right. Um, you know, I I got a trick from a of our. It's not a trick. Being friendly isn't really a trick. Um, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, uh, sometimes. Uh, but I got a trick from uh, a lovely bartender named Chris Gerard who works at Civil Liberties um, a few years ago, and he said, "If as long as you inter- as long as you say to every guest, hi, how are you? How are you?" What are you up to tonight? Where are you coming from? Where are you going? Then you you will that guest will feel seen and they'll feel like they've had an amazing time. Right. And I do my best to always always do that, but of course, in reality, sometimes you're just like, "What do you want? What's going yeah, on?" Yeah, you know? I know. It's it's hard. Like I find because I also feel like, yeah, we all want to be busy, but you're when you're charging a fair amount for everything that you're serving like whether it's cocktails or wine or beer or whatever like you're you're not like a student bar or whatever where you're just trying to move volume at cheap prices or a nightclub then it's I like you feel like you owe the customers a little bit more and I think they expect a little bit more so it sucks when you're like got your head down and you don't even really have time um and 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 the average person is going to understand that they see you it's not like you're standing around yeah. doing nothing but there's still those people who are just like don't get it yeah i mean i i found recently that it tends to be the same crowd who gets a little miffed when you ask them to wear a mask oh, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. strangely enough uh, that seems yeah. to be the same grouping so can't wait for that vaccine passport to come in and right. uh, it'll be i'm sure it'll be the usual well you independent business you figure it out yeah. um yeah. so oh, that'll yeah. be true That'd be 100%. Exciting. Yeah, 100%. Like, uh, somebody was asking me the other day about, like, what does that look like? What is, like, what do we need to know? I'm like, well, there, I'm sure I'm just going to have to Google it to find out. Like, no mm-hmm. one's going to give me any direction. Yeah. So. yeah, you can check the local CBC website, see what's going on. That's yeah. very much information. That's yeah. the thing. And I'm like, it's literally going to just be us having to do it ourselves. Um, yeah. And there's going to be nothing in place. And that feels like that's been the, the story of the last two years or 18 months or whatever. And you know, I, I'm sure you guys remember when last summer we started closing earlier mm-hmm. and it was like, okay. And then we have to take, you know, doing contact tracing and all that jazz. And how when you're slammed, um, there was a brief period last summer where I was the only employee at Gigawater. So I was working six days a week, open to closes, um, which didn't last long. It was uh, obviously a, a unique situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not our, our go-to, but you know, you're slammed and you're like, <sighs> Okay, I gotta get your name. I gotta get your phone number. I gotta yeah. write this down. Now we've evolved. We've done the QR code sign-ins and all that. Uh-huh. Um, although I'm sure you guys, you guys might have had the experience that some people just can't figure out the QR codes. They yeah, just right. can't do it. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm too frustrated. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, well, tough. I don't have a physical menu right now, so. Yeah. It's like, well, how would I order? I'm like, that seems like a you problem. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you ha- do you have a phone? You can figure it out. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, oh, my phone doesn't have the app. I'm like, you don't need camera? an app. You're good. Yep. Yeah. Don't you, need an app. You're good to go. <laughs> so, you know, it's the same thing with the whole, uh, you know, frustration of the whole beer menu debacles that always happen um, where, you know, so, so, oh, what beer do you have? Well, we have blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you want to take a look at the menu, it's all there. Great. But do you have this? 
well, no, I'm sorry, we don't, we don't have, we don't have that. But if you want to look at the menu, we have this. Oh, okay, sorry, you don't. Do you have Corona? Oh no, we don't have Corona. Uh, the beer, um, not not the disease. Um, you know, uh, it's like, oh no, we don't have that. You know, but if you want to look at the menu, oh, do you have Heineken? No, we don't have Heineken. Once like, again, here's the fucking menu. Yeah, I'm like, just just look at it. Like, my yeah. God, don't ask your server, don't ask your bartender what's on the menu just look at it <laughs> like, I, I don't know. know why it's so hard <laughs> it's uh, there's i think it's just general laziness like they you know like they know what they like yeah. to drink and they're just like well do you have this do you have this do you have this and i'm like well there's the it's like you said there's the fucking menu just take two minutes yeah. to read right and like it's i, a, I always it's a lot of work <laughs> i know right read it what, what is this soviet russia Come on, <laughs> <laughs> i'm up for a good time you're making me war- learn things yeah i'm like come on man. and i always feel bad because you know people are asking me my opinion on beers and i don't drink beer anymore it's been um whoa, about whoa, five whoa, six whoa, years whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i know it's a, it's crazy i mean i defeated the whole point by getting into ciders um but um, yeah no i used to drink a lot of beer in university and uh, i was way more fit at the time as well i went to the gym a lot more so uh, i thought i would uh at a bad breakup at one point and i thought i would give a shot at uh uh cutting out beer, cutting out red meat. And uh, the red meat kind of is on and off depending. Like I don't turn it down if somebody offers it to me. If someone offers me a burger, I'm not going to say no. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a dick. But uh, with beer, yeah, I don't I don't uh, drink it uh, anymore. So I'll have a taste here and there. I'm not allergic or anything. So I'll have a taste to make sure I know what's on the menu. But I always feel bad because that's like, oh, well, how is this? You know, what do you, how would you describe this? And I'm like, all right, let me Google that in the background just so I have some uh, some tasting notes. And I do my best. I try uh, based on my like one or two sips that I've had of the beer, but I always feel like a liar. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. I feel like I need to be a big, a bigger beer guy. And uh, I just don't. But what I, like, I mean, you can't like everything, right? And like, so when I'm behind, like, I don't really like gin. Like there's gins that I've enjoyed but like I'm never I'm not a gin connoisseur so well, like clearly if somebody, you've never had Hidden Temple Gin from Nickel Nine okay okay yes, there, like, we plug, there we go there we go boom yeah <laughs> I tell my boss I've done my job alright <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like well, not everybody likes all the, nobody can like all the things so um so, like, even though I've had gins that I've liked, and if there's one that I like, that I will specifically push it because I'm like, I don't even mm. like gin. It's very easy to say, like, I'm not a gin guy, but I like this, yeah. right? But so it's gonna be the same way with beer. Like, not everybody likes beer. Like, not the issue everybody... is I love beer. Yeah, that's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this was hard. But you know what? At the time, I actually over like a three week span, I dropped 25 pounds after I gave up beer, right. and that was yeah. that was I was like, wow, I was. It was a university, so I was like, "Wow, I was drinking a lot of beer." Was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow, all right. So I've replaced it with um, with seltzers now. Seltzers being like a thing now has been a godsend, mm. um, which I know is makes me sound like the most basic of uh, bitches, but you know, um, <laughs> here I am. I'm I'm happy for it. especially people who are doing co- cool stuff like Willibald. I think they're working with Owen Walker to make um, some really, really cool seltzers mm-hmm. coming out. It's a little concerning that like Bud Light is getting into seltzers, and I'm like, come on, guys, stay in your lane. I saw Bud doing? Light is offering a pumpkin spice seltzer. Like, that, like, I can't think of anything that sounds more disgusting or more basic than that. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to drink that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <You know what? laughs> a, a lot of people like the Bud Light seltzers, and I've tried a couple of them, and they do a surprisingly good job. Yeah. Oh, really? When you have yeah. a shit ton of money to throw at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
you know what? I'm trying to, I, I like to support RTDs as much as physically possible, like from mm. like bars. Because I remember I was in, in school for distilling and um, my professor was like, what does everyone think like the trend going into like the summer go- is going to be? And I was like, it's going to be RTDs. It's going to be RTDs. It's going to be RTDs. Everybody and their uncle has a canner or knows someone who has a canner now. And every bar is trying to push something. So Giggle Water, we had an RTD that we were selling as well um, that we, we worked with the lovely Jason Griffin, who is now the uh, uh, bar manager at the Ritz-Carlton bar uh, in Toronto. We worked with him and he he made an awesome, awesome uh, RTD for us at the time. And, uh, there's, and they're still out there. The independent ones, um, I think El Rey has still got a bunch going on. I know uh, Pinkerton's in the East End. Uh, is doing, and I'll I'll push them as well because I used to work for them, and they're they're lovely, lovely folks. And uh, I I think it's so cool that people are doing that, like that we've got this independent group, like because the laws have changed, we can sell our own shit, we can right. sell it to people. Whoa, yeah. it's shocking. Twenty <laughs> <laughs> first century at last. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like. You know, and I'm I'm waiting to be for us to get to the place of like where Japan is, where I can buy a uh, I can buy a highball in a can, and I can buy it from a vending machine because I love highballs. I love I love scotch and soda so much. Um, you know, with my my go to being either like uh, like a nice peaty um, thing like Ardmore Legacy, or which is like it's on the lower end of the price scale, which is a rarity for a single malt, yeah. um, or like Johnny Walker Black makes a phenomenal oh, like. Yeah. Like, like yeah. who doesn't love that? You know, throw some love to the guys over there. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm waiting for that because that seems like the inevitable next step. It's super weird that we treat alcohol the way we do in Ontario. Like uh, to the point that people often ask me, like, while well, I'm doing tours for Nickel Nine, like, oh, like, you know, are you in the LCBO? Which part? Of, like, what brands do you have the LCBO? I'm like, well, some of our brands are, some of our brands aren't just yet, and I kind of have to explain them to them, like the reason that maybe you haven't been able to see us everywhere is because of how the system is set up in Ontario, where it's essentially set up so that Hiram, it's set up for Hiram Walker, mm-hmm. it's set up for massive distilleries. So at one point, Hiram Walker was the biggest taxpayer in Canada. And so mm-hmm. all of the laws related to taxation are all for that rather than independent places. No hate to Hiram Walker. I love, you know, the law sure. 40 line from them. Um, their master blender, Dr. Don Livermore is an icon in Canadian whiskey and frankly puts us on the map internationally um, more than any other individual in maybe the history of Canadian whiskey. Um, so all the power uh, to them, but you know, the taxation laws for craft distillers is ridiculous. It's, mm-hmm. cons- you know, conservatively, it's going to take $2.5 million to set up a distillery in Ontario. Jesus. Probably closer Ooh. to five, realistically. And, you know, we're getting more. Um, you know, the program at Niagara College, um, which I highly recommend if anyone is interested, check it out. They're they're helping. So we're getting more independent places. But, you know, they're what? There's, in, in, in theory, there should be 10 times as much mm-hmm. uh, that we have. And, like, you know, all the power to the distillers that we have in Toronto, all three of them. We have Reed's, Spirit of uh, uh, Spirit of York, and then uh, Nickel Nine. Um, but like that should be, we should be in the, you know, the 10s, 20s, 30s of that in this city. Like well, we should have as many distilleries as breweries. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like there's a million breweries in Toronto, right? So mm-hmm. why, like it's it's insane that, that you can't have the same situation with distilleries, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it makes no sense. And like, you know, don't get me wrong, breweries and wineries, they have their challenges mm-hmm. uh, as well, but they've got a little bit more leeway. Um, but like there's something around that, like the government gets weird. The minute you hit like 25% uh, ABV, the government gets super weird. 
but what you're doing. You're like, oh, oh, oh spirit, <laughs> you say. That sounds uh, like a corruption of morals. Uh. Yeah, you're like, yeah, well, yeah. you're like, thank you. You know, we're, we're borderline prohibition in this, uh, this province, and it's super weird, especially because you've got Alberta. Not that I'm putting Alberta up as the, you know, pinnacle of of progressive thought, but um, (laughs) no hate to anyone from Alberta um, because there's some awesome bartenders and bars out there. Um, But, you know, but, you know, like as far as like how they treat alcohol, they're, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else, you know? No, that's why we're shipping shit in from Calgary. Like, (laughs) 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 no, no, I just said nothing. Uh, What you said about um, the percentages as well. I read today that um, Sam Adams has come out with a 28% beer. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a beer anymore. That's just like a low whiskey. Like, what's yeah, going on like, here? I, like, I know, right? That's crazy. That shit was outlawed when wow. we were in university. Well, they trying to fucking outpace old English or... Yeah. <laughs> Who do they market that to? That's my question. Who is that for? Uh, 16-year-olds. Yeah. That's the thing. I think it's super ironic that, like, beer is getting more and more alcoholic, and then spirits are getting lower and lower in alcohol content. Like, I don't know if you've seen the brand. I think they're called, like, 18.1 or something like that. And this whole line is of, like, gin vodkas that are 18.1% alcohol. Yeah. And, like, they're, you know, they appeal to the healthy crowd uh, out there, which is the new thing that everyone apparently has to appeal to you know i don't i don't know about you guys but if i have to explain to one more person that your vodka is gluten-free regardless of what it's made of (laughs) i'm I'm going to lose my mind Um, it's a weird conversation to have like remember that i don't know about you guys first time i got that question of like i want a vodka soda but only with a gluten-free vodka i like sat there and i was like googling gluten-free vodkas and that's just a rabbit hole and i'm like Like, I don't even I don't even know what to do with this information. <laughs> you know, I think that leads into like weird requests at bars. Like I'm sure you guys have had your uh, your fair share of just weird, weird asks. Uh huh. Yeah, that, that there could be a whole episode on that. I think that maybe once we uh, circle the wagons on all the upcoming guests we've had, we want to have like almost like a roundtable of of great guests to just tell stories about weird requests and or annoying customers or whatever. I think that would be a show that people would be interested in. And awesome, man. That, that, that might have to be a five-parter. But, <laughs> I think that's a, think that's a book at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A 10- or 15-parter, potentially. Yeah. Well, it sounds like more, like more more work for you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, David, thanks so much for coming on the show. This was awesome, super fun. Got off the rails for a little bit, but we reined it back in at some point. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, guys. No, uh, it's good. It means a lot to have a place to speak as an yeah. industry people. Thank well, you. Well, and uh, I can't recommend going to see David at Project Goo Water enough. We had an awesome time. That's the reason he's on the show right now. He's amazing at his job. And oh, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can't see. He's a tomato red right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like a, a young girl in an anime at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. David, hey, thanks so much. Thanks, Pat. Hey, anything you want to plug by any chance? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Dave and Whiskey. I do curated whiskey tastings via Zoom or live, uh, just kind of as a side gig. Um, no pressure. I don't, I, you know, I'm not a rep for anyone, so I'll give you my honest opinion on everything and I'll try to put out uh, whiskeys you enjoy. You can also, um, you know, Follow the Nickel Nine and the Project Good Water Instagrams if you want to see what's going on at those places. And other than that, like, you know, come visit, give me your money, 
Have yeah. a great <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks Thank again, David. That was super fun. Thanks.